Hi, welcome to the Av Church Podcast, where we talk about faith and real-life issues. We hope this challenges you to think a little bit deeper and encourages you on your journey through life. We're happy you joined us today. Now let's get talking. Hi, welcome to the Still Loading Podcast. Today we got Jake Tracy. Yo! And Jared Ray is with us. I'm up in that thing. Uh, Raina Tracy is up to some big stuff this weekend <laughs> that's why she's not with us jake you want to share i'll let you share about that yeah uh looks like we're gonna have a child this weekend so what? she'll be getting induced uh, depending on when this comes out um but yeah she'll be getting induced and so yeah i guess i'll be a dad this weekend so pretty wild aren't you scared uh no i mean I mean, a little bit. Come on, dude. Just let's just be, be real. Just be, well, it's just sil- the There's be, no cameras. It's it's silly to think that you're like not nervous, like because it's just anything unknown that you don't know of, like you haven't done before, is like nerve wracking. But like to be scared is. I mean, okay, look at how many people are in the world. Somehow, all these people were able to do it before, so I'm sure I could do it. That's one thing I have an interest, and I don't want to get too sidetracked. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but that's one thing I have an interest in is now in having. Um, nieces and another niece coming when it's like all these things we need this and we need that and we need this and, and i just think like how did they do it like dude 200 years ago yeah yeah <laughs> they didn't need all of that but like because we have it should is it better or is it better you, I, don't know. I think it's just uh more things to sell but none regardless we're we're very excited so we're excited for you those of you that pray do that yeah Rain and Jake, and congratulations. Pre congratulations. Yeah, pre congrats. Yeah. I'll report back next week and we'll we'll talk about uh, it. Report back. I don't know if Raina will be oh, here next week. Report back. That one's oh. for Michael Estrada. Be still good. Anyways, hey. um, today we're going to be talking about anxiety and worry and how that affects a lot of people, um, especially right now. And it's something that we've talked about in our Sunday services in. Um, brief conversations in the podcast but we never like took a a moment to just talk specifically about it so i thought it'd be helpful if we um did that and so anxiety related issues affect 40 million people in the u.s every year which is 18.1 percent of the population um and the most common that affects or the most common in my circle, and I would say a lot of people's circles, because it's just the one that you hear about a lot, is the one, uh, it's called GAD, and it's Generalized Anxiety Dis- Disorder. And it's basically where you worry a lot more days than you don't, you know? You're worrying more than you're not worrying, or you're stressed out more than you're not stressed. And specifically, this one is if that lasts for at least six months. And so I just want to ask you guys, and myself too, and we'll talk about it, is how do we cope because we all experience anxiety and stress and worry. So how do you guys cope? How do you get through it? Um, what does that mean for you guys? Uh, I would say the way I cope with anxiety currently in my day-to-day life is usually just, um, just talking about it. So everyone has those people in our life who we can trust maybe to talk about certain things. So um, I'm very fortunate that uh, I have a very understanding girlfriend so a lot of my anxiety and stress right now comes from my job Um, and it's nice because I talk to her a lot about my job and how it affects me and it's nice because she majored in psychology and And she literally listens to people like for a living and she listens to people for a living so she's really good and when I say dumb stuff or maybe when I act like out of turn like she doesn't make me feel stupid which is nice she's awesome shout out Jess I love you Um, and then (laughs) whoa anyway sorry (laughs) oof um and then I would say like my activity or maybe my, I hope I'm not jumping too far ahead, my coping mechanism or something that I really like do that makes me feel better is like to work out and do physical activity, to go on runs or, you know, move weight around, stuff like that. It makes me feel good. And I feel like for yours, because you're a cop, so there's probably not a lot of people, at least that I know, within your inner circle who can probably relate to the cop work. But Mm. that's probably a good thing, right? Because you can just kind of share information, not like stuff that you can't share, but you can talk about it to somebody who maybe doesn't necessarily have like an opinion or whatever on things, and they could just take that and hear that and listen. And that's probably a good thing, right? Or how does that look? It's good. I think it's, I need that balance. I need to be able to talk to people who are cops who understand like 
the stress of what it is because it's like there's it is demanding it's demanding physically sometimes you're like you know you're working more days than you're supposed to the hours kind of suck at times um the kind of calls you go to are very stressful so i remember i was having i was hanging out drinking coffee with one of my partners and my supervisors we were just hanging out smoking and joking it was like you know midnight or something like that and just having a cup of coffee just enjoying our time together and then next you know we went to a call we got called to a um, a 14 year old not breathing so oftentimes we dispatched to um calls with fire department and the ambulance because we have a faster response time we get there quicker and they take a long time to load up and but those guys you know they're great they're the real heroes um but we get there first usually so it went so quickly from you know having a cup of coffee laughing about stuff to possibly having to save somebody's life i was thinking about all right what are we going to do you know we're going to do chest compressions like we were trained on on medical stuff like not very in-depth but we do know some stuff enough to keep somebody alive or maybe bring them back um, and then we go to another call of like somebody like driving down the street shooting a gun up the air like doing donuts in the street like just nonsense you know so it's just a lot of up and downs in your physical your body is not necessarily primed to go from very low levels of anxiety to high to low to high. So yeah, it's good to talk to people who are understanding of kind of the stress go to, but it's also really nice where the majority of my really close friends are not cops. So I don't have to constantly talk about work, which gets old after a while. <laughs> yeah, because I think, excuse me, do you have something no, to say? I think it's so important to just um, talk about stresses and issues every once in a while with people who like, have almost no say or anything you know they are not in your world they are not in any of that because one it's like confidential so it feels nice it's just like i just need to let off this 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 stress or this anxiety and um they probably are better listeners because unless you're talking to somebody who just swears like they know everything about everything and there's people like that out there but no a couple (laughs) but when you talk to people who uh just aren't in your realm it's nice because they don't necessarily have to say anything they just need to listen and acknowledge it and i think that's important but like you said it's important to have people who understand also at the same in in the same way it's important for to have people around you who understand what you're going through who've been through what you're going through you know yeah and like i said without getting too far ahead as well not only just your friends family peers but i think everybody should go to counseling Mm. i think everybody should go to counseling whether it's couple times a month or maybe once every couple months it's something you should do yeah i was gonna say that there was we me and Dylan were talking a little bit earlier but there was like a time where i was going to counseling once a week for about a year about a year straight and one of the things that um they told me was like basically was saying what often happens is people will come to the office when it's when it's too far gone like when it's already been blown up and it's like, are, he's like, why aren't people coming bef- so it doesn't get to that point? Mm-hmm. He's like, I'd like to see people. And he actually even said like younger people mm-hmm. like come into this office and have these conversations before the blowing up point. He's like, instead of trying to like rebuild, we can pivot and we can make turns and we can, and I thought that was a great point. It's like, I think mm-hmm. most people think that your life has to be falling apart in order to talk to somebody. And even then most people won't talk to people, but yeah, dude, counseling is huge, dude. I think that's where I tend to be, though, as well. Like, Once it's I'm, too late. Yeah, I'm that person who is just like, I'm in the thick of it. I'm already so far gone. Um, and then I'll finally, like, barely bring my head above water and be like, I need help, and then sink back down, yep. you know? And that's something that I'm not great at, and I know I need to be more intentional. Because I'm I'm somebody, and I just had a talk with uh, Charlie Bacar. Uh, and he's like, I'm going to bug you about how how you're doing and whatnot. I'm like, that's totally fine. Like when people genuinely ask me, even when you asked me how I was doing before this, it's like, I told you, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't really go out of my way to like share like, Hey, yeah. it's cracking or to sh- to share like, this is how I'm doing or see, I'm kind of, I'm like kind of the opposite mm-hmm. where if I like roll into your house, I'm going to tell you like, bro, this is what's happening because I, I, I need that. And you know, like just having time and this is just like for any anybody like having time with your friends where you can just like 
vent like boys or men or women like you should have time with people that you can just vent and it's not necessarily looking for answers or to fix anything but it's just like this is what's going on you know mm-hmm. and it might not even be that bad but you're it's right it's true that you need to be able to have outlets and it's also true that you need to ask and check on your people to make sure everyone's mm-hmm. doing all right you know especially yeah. now dude yeah that was a big thing that um i feel like was going on in march late march and early april and I was good at it and it kind of just fell off was just like really it's like calling your homies calling your friends FaceTiming doing all that and just like anything else with us Americans it's like oh that was cool for a little bit now I don't don't want to anymore (laughs) you know I'm over it yeah and I I think what's sadly what's happening and this is why I want to talk about it is um at the beginning, we recognize that, oh man, we're not around people, so we need to check in. We need to talk. We need to FaceTime. We need to do that. But from that place came a comfortability. And I think a lot of us, and myself included, got kind of comfortable with the isolation to the point where we just think like, well, this is normal. And I've noticed myself um, coming to the fork in the road throughout my weeks, like, should I stay home or should like we go hang out and see these people? And I find myself picking the path that's more like, I'll just stay isolated. I'll just do that, you know, because it's a comfort thing. And it's something I think, especially how you talked about, we were talking before this about routine and having control over things and whatnot. But because everything changes so much all the time, I think that's what's causing a lot of anxiety in people. And the isolation, just being here in my home, that makes that's like controllable you know that's like okay i know what's gonna happen here i could choose what netflix show i'm gonna watch it sounds silly but i think it's just true and it gives me a sense of like i don't have to worry about anybody else i don't have to worry about things coming into my circle or coming into my bubble that's gonna affect things and i could just focus on what i'm doing i don't got to be stressed out you know mm-hmm. but it's not a good thing in the long run and i've noticed that in my life just being isolated and whatnot it's not a good thing yeah yeah it's it's kind of tough i think right now it's, it's still going to be tough because we're still encouraged to like socially distance each other you know be away and it's yeah it's kind of hard where you're like oh well at least like my pattern i think sometimes like oh i can hang out with people but even though I'm not, I don't know, I, I'm not the most um, disciplined when it comes to maybe socially distancing and stuff like that. I'm a little bit more lax. Um, I think a lot of us are like, oh, well, you know, I mean, I'm socially distancing. So, like, I think that's probably better for other people because everyone's going to be happy about that. But, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it's, it is just nice to, like, do nothing and kind of push people away and i think it's almost like the con- it sounds like it's considerate because right now we're not supposed to be hanging out with people not supposed to be intermingling if we don't have to and if you do and they're not people that you're constantly with you should be wearing your mask and all that but it's definitely a lot more simple just to be you know a little bit more lax that or i know all of us have a very prominent introverted side even though we're we like to be you know amongst people where when we're like given the opportunity to sit and do nothing we're like Oh, wow, this sounds terrible. But in our hearts, we're like, oh, my gosh, this is the best. I'm going to sit and watch, like, crappy, like, horror movies on Netflix. (laughs) This is the greatest. Uh Yeah, so I feel you on that. I think what you said is so true, though, is um, this socially distancing thing has almost given us, like, that noble feeling of being like being isolated is, like, a noble thing, you know? Because we're doing the right thing. By not putting people at risk. Which, yeah, it's like, yeah, okay. I'm not like, sure, whatever. But it's like, it makes us think that we need to be alone. We need to do this. We're doing the right thing. And I'm not saying go out there, start just breathing in everybody's air. Spitting people's eyes. Yeah, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not even going down that route. So anybody's listening, like we're not, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about just communication with other people because I think, anxiety and worry and whatnot builds up when you don't communicate uh, what's going on in your life just with people around you and you don't have to be in the same room with people to communicate because we have great technologies you got facetime you got zoom i don't know what people with androids use (laughs) but whatever Um, whatever google chat yeah i don't know Uh, but i'm talking about all this because 
uh, anxiety and like even suicide rates when we talked about that, but they're like going up right now. So I was looking it up right now. Yeah. And um, so there's actually a study by Gallup right now that um, stress rates, stress levels are at an all time high, like eclipsing or matching that of the stress rate um, in the Great Depression and in the recession of 2008. Wow. So, and that, that was, uh, that study was concluded in April. So that's like right now. That's not, oh, this is just over the past couple of years. Like, no, right now they figured that out and it's at the same level. And with stress comes anxiety, right? Because anxiety is just, to in my life, anxiety is like, there's so much to get done or there's so much control that I don't have. And it just leads to anxiety and feels like there's a weight on my chest, right? But the anxiety levels are at all-time highs right now, and being alone doesn't help. And it's important that we talk about just life in general, you know, and encourage other people to talk about that stuff. Yeah, I think it's a lot of it, and this is just being honest, is people, it's too much time on your phone, it's too much time on the news, it's too much time, Mm. like, basically studying division, right? And this person is this way, but this person feels that way. And this person feels that way. I'm somewhere in the middle and I kind of agree with this person, but now me and this person, it's like, it's nonstop. And it's so counterproductive to what um, I think our minds need and our souls and our spirits need, right? The Bible says to think on the things that are true, pure, honorable, lovely. And right now we're all thinking on the things that are divisive. What's going to make me look um, noble? What's going to make me sound right? Um, what's the next fight or cause I need to fight in and all it's doing and we're seeing it, you know, like the suicide rates is like we're seeing it take its toll, you know, and we aren't, it's just as people, we're not meant um, to be constantly surrounded and, and immersed in so much negativity and so much stress um, or do that as well and be alone in it, you know? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, of course there's a lot of us that, as even just like a mental, oh, we'll call it disorder, where there's literally like a chemical imbalance for some depression. It's like, dude, there's things that are real, but there's also things that, in my opinion, like practical steps we could take for people that are more healthy, that have, that can, there's practical things you could do to just help yourself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and that also includes your spiritual life as well. A majority of it is, but I'm just talking about like the season of, and the climate that we're in now, which is not helpful. Mm-mm. Yeah, and I think um, one thing that is helpful, and I'll let you talk about it because you even shared it with me, is just like having those patterns, those routines in your life. Because that's just like a practical way, a practical step to kind of um, combat uh, that feeling of anxiety or mm-hmm. stress or all that stuff. Yeah, that was actually a Pastor Adam Smith that taught me this um, after some conversation. But talking about like structure and routine in your life is just, again, we're talking just practical things that you can do. Um, and structure and routine is a big one where a lot of times some of our stress comes from the spontaneous plans that we feel obligated to attend and be a part of. And that pushes other things that we thought we were going to get done to a different time. And then now we're stressing because that got moved and now we're trying to figure everything out on the fly. Like that doesn't help, but being able to have control over here's, as much as you can, obviously life happens, but I was telling Dylan before we were recording that like my week essentially looks the same for the most part, it looks the same. And I, Raina and I have been able and almost like designed it to be that way. Um, and you know, we plan and we make things around what we got going on because our plan works for us. Our, our, I should say our routine works for us. It works really well. Um, and it's conducive to our marriage. It's conducive to our own mental health and spiritual health. And so maybe part of it is some people are just living in disorder and chaos and there's just something else is coming up and now this is coming up and now this and now this and I have to say yes to this and I got to be here for this. And I hope to give somebody freedom and control to say like, you can say no to things. You can step back and say, think about what is and what isn't going to fit in your routine. Cause sometimes things don't fit in the routine. They're just not, they're not going to fit your schedule. And to be okay with that is hard for a lot of people, you know? I think that's super important, though, the routine. Um, there's this book. It's called Just Keep Going. I forget the author's name, 
he's like a super creative writer. He's a creative writer. That's what he is. <laughs> um, but he talks about um, how routine survives the patterns of ups and downs, right? And especially as a creative person who he is, they put out creative work, right? Whatever it may be. And if you're a creative person, this should resonate with you as well. Um, but you put out that creative work. Maybe it's a big hit. Maybe it's tiny. Say you have just the hugest, like people love it, everything. And every creative person comes down to this. When you create that one thing that's amazing, the day after it's like, well, what's next? You know what I mean? Or you put something out and it just bombs. It's terrible. The next day comes like, okay, well, what's next? And he was talking about how um, routine and pattern like survives all of that. Mm -hmm. You know, it survives all of those things. And you can take that same application into your own life and the the highs and lows of our lives um, during this time in the pandemic, um, all the tension in the air, whatever it may be your routine your routine survives all those things mm -hmm. and i think that's super cool i think that's super powerful and important yeah and it gives it but it's like it because it gives you something you can control i think what uh, jared was saying also is like like in, incorporating like health and exercise into that like just diet and exercise again something that's good for you that can give you a little bit of control um obviously in a most in all of this we want to God needs to be in your routine. It needs to be uh, the spearhead of that. But at the same time, those things are practical in a routine. Man, I think that's like across the board, a lot of anxiety can be reduced with some structure, you know? Mm -hmm. um, like for example, we have the baby who's going to be here this weekend. Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh. it's like, okay, so our routine is going to be thrown off. So what do we do? Now we need to create a new one mm -hmm. and create one that works for us. Mm -hmm. And then follow that rhythm. My sister's great at it. Like, if we're all hanging out at a family thing and it hits like 6.45 or 6.30, she's gone because that <laughs> baby's going to sleep at 7. And she's not going to play a game because that's uh -huh. what works so well for them. And she's very routine-oriented. Mm -hmm. um, now, that could also get unhealthy, you know? Mm -hmm. They could get unhealthy if you take it too uh, too too far of an extreme. Where, too rigidly? Yeah. Where you, have to have, you can't be flexible at all. Right. You have to have a hair of freedom, but... For the most part, it's like I, I know what to expect a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and that helps keep stress and anxiety levels down immensely, I'm sure. Well, yeah. They say it's just one, it's just less you have to think about. Mm -hmm. I think, who was it? It was, was it Steve Jobs that only wore like black t-shirts? I've read that recently too, where it's like these huge business CEO types, like they wore the same thing mm -hmm. all the time because it just took away from one decision that they would have to make every day. Yeah, it was just one and less thing to think about. Yeah, one less thing to think about, and it was just the like the routine, like that's just what they did. Yep. And Pastor Adam was that was that way. He could put like stacks of stuff on his plate, but it all had a space. It all had a. It's like when you're like cleaning out your house or your room or whatever. If it doesn't have a place, if there's nowhere to put it, throw it away. There's no room for it. You don't need it. But what he was able to do was figure out. Okay, I have all of this on my plate. And Monday gets this, 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 and this. And Tuesday is going to get this, this, and this. And he had it all. And so everything had its time and its place. And he was able to, I mean, if you, I, if you were, you know him well enough, but working with him was like, dude, this guy can knock out like everything. Like he does like everything and then preaches on Sunday. And it's like, that's, that's no joke, dude. Mm -hmm. But it was because of his routine. That's what he always said. Yeah. And so if you're struggling with all that out there, like, <laughs> hey, create a list or something, right? Do something. Create a list, figure out what you're going to do in your daily life. And especially right now, because there's like nothing to do for a lot of people, I'm sure. Perfect time to incorporate exercise. Yeah. Incorporate diet. Mm -hmm. You know? Again, because, practical things that you can do. Because that, you wake up and that gives you your routine for the day. It gives you a thing to do. You wake up and wander aimlessly. That's not good. That creates more stress Dude. and anxiety because as human beings, it's like we constantly, it's ingrained in us almost to see what's coming next or to focus on what's coming next. And if there's nothing, it's like, oh my gosh. And I, I have tons of anxiety and stress in my life because of that, because of um, wedding getting called off. And it's like, I don't know, it's up in the air right now. Not that we're going to get married. That part's not up in yeah. the air. 
but what's up in the air is like how we're gonna do this thing and we're trying to find a place to live so we could just like get married and then go move in there and then also just with Av Church we were moving towards some things in the beginning of the year and then this whole thing happened and then just when we're starting to see some light at the end of the tunnel California specifically is like nope shut everything down again and so um Mm. it's tough when things aren't in like your control but that's why god's amazing and he doesn't want you to have control he wants he wants us to give him the burdens right give him the weight give him the struggle give him um the anxieties the worries the cast all your cares on him because he cares about you right cast all your anxieties on him because he cares about you it's in first peter five or six um and he wants us to do that and so right now in my life i'm learning that I need to do that. Cause even what you said about pastor Adam, how everything had a space, you know, mm-hmm. I'm learning that I need to drop things that I just need to not worry about anymore mm-hmm. and give them to, to God ultimately and give them to who he is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, thinking about what you can do, thinking about, be, I was going to say when you were asking him, like, how do you deal with, you know, one of the things that I do is I have to be like a bit logical and I have to remember what's real. Like, okay, what's, what's actually real. If it's a personal thing I'm thinking through, it's like, okay, what's real about me? I, do I think this right now, but is that real? And I check it and I have to do one of those. But then it's like what we we're talking about. It's like, what do I actually need to worry about? Because I could go on, I can, there's everything. And right now in the world, there's so many things that we could justifiably quote unquote worry about and things that we could make our problem, things that we can be, you know, whatever. And I have to really stop and think, okay, well, what is actually going to be worth my time, my energy and my time? Mental energy too. Yes, because you only have so much. And you have to remember that you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's not a bad thing, but that's actually a good thing. But I think what we try to do is say yes to everything. And so if you can stop and just take a look at what are the things that are really stressing you out? What are they? Mm-hmm. And which of them don't, do you not need? Which, one, which of them are like, I could probably let this go. Dude, there's so many times my phone, it gets full of storage. Like, does that ever happen to you guys where your phone just gets full? Yes. Dude, all the, all the time. Hey, it's great to have you here, Jerry. No, it's, it doesn't <laughs> happen to me. It's so good to have you here. I though. paid for the, uh, the expensive one. Oh, yeah. Well, happens to me. <laughs> and so I have to like go through my photos and like start deleting stuff. And I'm always like, do I need this one? I think I do need this one. I don't need it. I'm not going to look at it ever, but I just keep things that I just don't need. It's like hoarding. And I think we mentally, we hoard. Like we're mental hoarders. Mm-hmm. I am. I should speak for myself. I'm no, a- I'm absolutely that. I can't, okay. Dude, I can't let things go, honestly, in my mind. That's like who I am. <laughs> and guess what, boy? It stays there. Yes. And, and more it, comes in. It's tough. So I think what I, my whole point in that is to just think of your brain as like a... Uh, a full iPhone that it's time to get free up some space because there's new fresh things that are going to come in and there's old things that just don't need to be there. Yeah. Anymore. And you rob yourself. I spoke about that in something like a month ago, but, <laughs> but you rob yourself of God filling up that space with something great. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With filling it. He, he wants to give us to give him space in our lives but if we're so filled up, then we're not even letting God have place in our lives, you know? And there's something that it's in Matthew 6, uh, starting in 26. He talks about uh, how the birds of the air don't sow or reap. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically saying, like, look, they're not storing stuff up. They're not worrying about that, for their Heavenly Father cares about them. And he says, aren't you worth much more than they are? And... um. I say all that to say that when we worry, and this is specifically to the Christian person, like this part right now, um, but when we worry and we stress out like that, we're it's ultimately because we believe that God isn't going to take care of us, you know? We ultimately believe that we are less than the birds of the air. We're de- devaluing ourselves, and that's why I think, I've, I put that in the notes, but we could talk about it right now, but I think shame is a big part of where our stress and our anxiety levels come from because shame is just an ultimate weight on our shoulders at all times. And shame tells us that we're less than, we're not enough. Um, We aren't worth it, you know? And shame is a big reason why we think God won't take care of us, you know? 
Then my question is like, who made you or me the judge to know what God can and can't take care of, you know? I think even with what you're saying is like, like how you're saying that we feel like God, or basically we think God won't do it or we think we could do it better. And clearly that's like, that's not true. I think we talked about this, the Bible said, it's just not ever going to be true. Um, But I was going to go back to the birds real quick because like typically birds, they have a routine. (laughs) But what I was going to say is like, it's important that, we do our part. We, you know, we work hard and we try and we do practical things and God will continue to place the things for us. The things that we're chasing, God offers them to us, you know, mm-hmm. for the most part, you know, yeah. not jet skis, but well, mm, it starts with like, like, like examine, like maybe you're listening to that and you're like, whoa, if I just chase after it, God will bless me. It's ultimately you want to see God first, see God first and these things will be given to you, you know, seek the kingdom of God first and all these things will be given to you. And he's talking about um, like the the food, the clothing, the Right, your the needs. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like, And ultimately, God knows what you need. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, we should make our wants what we need. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like make our wants line up with what God says we need. You know? Yeah. But back to your point about shame is shame is you telling God what is and what is not worthy of forgiveness and what is and what is not worthy of grace and to for you to tell god hey by the way you're this is what you're feeling i feel you right you feel sick you feel gross you feel i can't believe either i did this or this is happening and maybe it's my fault or whatever and you're basically saying like i feel this way because i believe that god can't forgive or show grace or mercy to me yeah and it, and shame like a big thing is is when you carry around shame, you're saying how you are now, like you aren't worthy of love or anything or acceptance. And so you'll consistently try to change something, do something, cover it with something to prove that you're worthy, but you'll never get there. You no. know, it's like Adam and Eve, like how they were, what they felt wasn't good enough for God. So they cover themselves, mm-hmm. you know, but sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, that, that was just all I was going to say. What do you think, Jerry? I'm just listening. Yeah. I know. I I'm not, no, it wasn't. I'm just, I'll participate, <laughs> but you're on a roll. <laughs> no, I was just giving you a hard time. Um, but yeah, shame. You're right. That's a great point. Is it puts you kind of in this like scramble mode. It's like when you lie about something and you have to keep lying to cover up your original lie. <laughs> I feel like shame does that. Uh-huh. Where it's like you have to keep trying to prove, prove, and prove, and then it never works because what you're trying to do is prove yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're trying yeah. to you're trying to lie and prove to yourself. Instead of letting God just come in and cover. Yeah. Like, well, he already did. Yeah. If you're a Christian, it's already, it's done. Like that mm-hmm. is what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not what's going to happen. It, it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'll renew your spirit. And the Bible says that his grace renews every day. So what you need to understand is, back to our point, is what's real. Mm-hmm. So when I get into modes like that, I have to remember what's real. So I feel crappy right now. So I need to remember that what's real is that, God loves me is that whatever it is that I'm feeling might be valid, uh, but it's not meant to hang on to hold on to. It might be useful to show me uh, something I need to change, uh, but that's about all it's useful for. And I think that if you can get to that point, understand the truth about yourself and who God says you are and thinks you are and what he's done for you specifically, personally, um, you find that shame really doesn't have a place to make decisions in your life, you know? And I think that's a, that's a big one. And I think, um, cause I was talking to you about this before too, but, um, in my life right now, I feel like I'm taking, I'm trying to find things that give relief, right. From the anxiety, from the stress, from all of those things. And I'm not searching weird or whatever, but I think when you get anxiety, that's just overwhelming you need to find relief in who Christ is and ask those questions and think about those things that you're just talking about right now and fill your space, just like we've said. But I think it's so important uh, for people to realize that um, if we don't find relief in God, uh, we're going to find it somewhere else. And that's what, uh, the dangerous part. You know what I mean? That's, that's the part that's scary. And I know a lot of people, um, you find it in stimulants we were talking about that earlier uh pornography uh in other people 
you know, and you hopefully like, oh, this person's great, you know, until they're not. And then, you know, and so you, it's important to find relief in something that's constant, that's consistent. And the only thing that I know of in that's constant, consistent is the love that Christ has for us and the love that, and and sacrifice he already made for us in, in, in our lives. And so from that should be our starting point, you know, that should be, uh, the routine, like number one in your day, like thank Christ, meditate on who he is, meditate on his love, meditate on those things. And, and then start from there rather than starting at, well, I feel this way. I feel shameful. I feel this, that. And like, honestly, I've been starting my days like that and that's not good. Mm. And it, I've, it, it just leads me down this weird rabbit hole, you know? Because I'm in like just this weird place right now. It's a weird place. And um, I need to make that numero uno, you know, part of the routine. Because the routine is good, but ultimately uh, God has to be number one on that. And yeah, anyways. Even like control is another thing where it's like you put yourself in too much control. That's like a way we cope, you know? And I think basically I, what I've heard before and it made a lot of sense to me when it came to sin was like essentially sin is just ways that we cope with ourselves. It's ways that we deal with ourselves. That's what sin is. It's whether it's lying or it's stealing or it's pornography or it's lust. It's all of these things that we try to do to make us feel better about ourselves and to cover ourselves and to deal with ourselves. So when the Bible says, you know, flee from sin, He's, he's not saying flee from fun things. He's saying flee from <laughs> what's going to be bad for you, mm-hmm. you know, flee from the things that aren't going to be helpful to your life at all. And in fact, I'll probably end up making it harder or worse down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's something that people need to understand is ultimately what God is trying to say is, and this is Jordan Peterson talks about this and he says life inherently, like life is suffering. Mm-hmm. Right. And he says like, life is hard. There's death and there's hardship and there's trials and there's things that happen and there's loss. Like all of these things, like life is hard. No one has an easy life. There's no such thing as an easy life. But when I heard that, I I said, you're right. And we all are going to find ways and psychologists will tell you the same thing that everyone's just going to find ways to deal with themselves. And so what God is trying to do is say, Hey, look, everyone's doing the same thing right now, trying to deal with themselves. What I want to do is for you to just use me and let me deal with you and let me deal with your problems. Cast your burdens on me because you're going to try naturally to do it everywhere else and it's not going to be helpful. You're going to find yourself in the same spot you were 20 years ago. But you come to me and I I can make your path straight. That's all he's trying to do. And I think that if we can grasp that, dude, I mean, if you can really understand and try to believe, you know, I mean, that's the hardest thing is believing I believe that God will actually do this. Yeah. You know, I say he said he would, but, mm-hmm. I ha- you know, but we believe that, you know, doing the things that we do are going to be helpful. Uh-huh. And here we are, you know? Yeah. And I think one thing too, that I guess we, I want to talk about right now, I just popped into my head because I think a lot of times in the idea of like stress and anxieties and, and depression and all that. And we say as Christians, I think, a lot of times we say like, dude, just give it to God. Just just pray, just do that and just seek God, bro. Or I'll pray for you and we don't pray. <laughs> um, so what does that actually look like? You know, what does actually giving it to God look like? Not worrying. I think it's like our initial reaction is to worry. But if you're truly, I, w- I would really believe that if you're truly giving it to God, you're letting go of everything that it has to do with. So whether, no matter what it is, so I would say uh, something that I've been worrying about is finances. So when it comes to finances, instead of constantly worrying about, you know, how much money I need to have for a down payment on a house or how much uh, money I need to put down or for a down payment on a, a truck or whatever those things, instead of that taking so much of my mind, I need to not worry about it and legitimately have God to take his hand on it. God's going to make sure that whatever, when I get a house, I don't I'm supposed to get a house, it'll happen. But until then, I need to stop worrying about it. He needs, he'll take care of it. 
Mm-hmm. So that's I think that's giving it to him 100%. It's like, you know, when people quit smoking, like they say to, they say to replace your habit with something else, mm-hmm. right? And I think about that kind of like in fasting where it's like, okay, so if I'm going to give up, if I'm going to give up lunch for a week, the idea is that you'd give up lunch and you'd spend time with God instead. Mm-hmm. What I think, I think two things. One of them I think is replacing there where you would normally, you check your bank and you want to worry, close your phone and let's have a little prayer time. Let's, let's real quick, let's connect with God on this. Throw on some worship music. Throw on some worship music, right? Mm-hmm. Or I think for some people too, who might be paralyzed by anxiety, who maybe feel so stuck, like they just don't, they can't move. They, they're, you know, they just maybe are just fear, whatever it may be. I mean, I guess anxiety is just the word, but it's okay. Well, how can I move forward? Even though this scares me, even though I'm, I feel stuck, I know that God is 10 steps ahead and I want to try to walk up there with him, you know? So I'm going to, I'm going to take a step. Those are like steps of faith, right? And it's saying, God, I, I'm worried. And God sees that you're worried, but you're also going to make moves. And God sees that you're making moves. Like it's those things. It's like replacing where you want to worry with God. And then when you're stuck, taking a step forward anyways, you know? That would be that's just like off the top of my head, but it it kind of makes sense in my like my life, you know. Uh huh. And I just realized I misquoted a verse earlier, and I saw you look at me funny, because I'm gonna read yeah. the actual Matthew verse six thirty three. Yeah. <laughs> I like didn't know what if did I heard I say? it. I think you said like John like sixteen thirty or uh, something like that. I said John sixteen thirty three. Is that what you said? Yeah. And then I then I was like, does it say it again in John? No, you looked at me. I remember you looked at me. I but. was like, does it? I was like, then I wasn't sure if you're gonna. Cr- anyways. Yeah. No, that was my bad, but. Uh, Matthew six thirty three yeah. says, "Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and He will give you everything you need." And it says after in verse thirty four, "So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for mm-hmm. today." And I think um, a big part of seeking or seeking God first, because like I talked about, He's He's talking about a. Uh, don't worry about where you're going to eat or drink or what clothes you're going to wear or anything like that. Like seek first the kingdom of God. And I think that's what um, a practical way of doing it is like, hey, above all else, just like everything I said, meditate on who God is. Meditate on who he is. And then I really love in verse 34, he says, don't worry about tomorrow for today, like has it has enough. And I think that's what we need to do practically is just like ask God to get you through today, you know? Because I know myself, I, I'm, I'm like six months down the line in my head right now. You know, how like how the how the frick am I gonna get there? <laughs> I just need to to slow down, take a step back, and say and ask God, hey, get me through today. <laughs> That's what I need, and I think we need to do that as human beings is to see what's happening today and what God's doing in your life today and don't worry about what happened yesterday, don't worry what's going to happen tomorrow, but seek God today and see what he's doing in your life today and and, and we don't do that. And in that same book, sorry, I know you got something to no, say, but um in that same book Keep Going, he also talks about how it's only when we add the awful eternities of yesterday and today that we begin to drown, you know, because he says anyone can get through one day. Anyone can get through one day, but it's only when we add the awful eternities of yesterday and tomorrow that we begin to like fail, you know, Mm -hmm. that we, we begin to drown, that we begin to just let it all come crashing down. Well, it's like you focus on the things that happened yesterday that you have zero control of. You cannot change. And then you focus on the things of tomorrow that you have zero control of, that you have no idea what's coming. And you forgot about like today, the one time you do have a little bit of control. And the one thing you can get through is today, which is crazy. One thing I love about that verse though, is it says like where he's saying like today has enough troubles of its own. And that just says like, it's silly to think that God doesn't understand the troubles of our life, you know? And to think that, you know, he's up there just being like, what are they? So-? No, he like, he gets it. He's not a fool. He knows. And he says, it's like, there's enough trouble today. It's like, I'm agreeing with you mm-hmm. that today is, is difficult. It's not easy, you know? Yeah. And I think that's one thing too, to think about is like, it's okay if you're having a tough day. <laughs> like it's, yeah. that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think hope for the day says it best. You know, it's like, they say, you know, it's okay to not be okay. 
Sometimes it is. Sometimes you have a bad day. That has nothing that doesn't that says nothing about you and God. It says nothing about your relationship with God or with anybody. It's just today kind of sucked. I was a bit more stressed. Maybe I had less sleep or whatever it is. Like, but I I don't want people to feel shame or feel guilty because they're having a bad day. You know, mm-hmm. God understands. It's all good. Yeah, and that's interesting because I think there's a lot of people who um, think on both sides of the spectrum, but if you're a Christian, like you're always good, you should always be good, everything's good. Or if you're a Christian, you need to always feel shame or always feel this, you know, and, and who Jesus is saying. Uh, I guess it's kind of like the two spectrums right there that even Jesus is talking, or that we, we talked about right now is just like the tomorrow and yesterday, right? Is the people of tomorrow always feeling great. It's like, oh, so much hope, whatever. And there is hope, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other side where it's like, no, I, we always have to be shameful. And that's the people who live in yesterday. And Jesus, like you said, he's saying, hey, let's focus on today. And he's saying like, I know mm-hmm. today's going to be tough, mm-hmm. but that's where we need to meet. You know, mm-hmm. like, don't worry about the tomorrow. Don't worry about the shame of yesterday. Like, it's going to be tough today. So worry about that. I don't know. Money. I like it. Mm-hmm. It's just so real and relatable. It is. It's like, no, you're good. Just today. Just, just, just today. You know? I don't know. I, if I only like we that. could really put that in practice. It's so hard. It is, but is it? Like it is, yes. I but think the at concept, the same time, the principle is is yeah. very simple. Mm-hmm. And to to me, in my opinion, where it's like when I I'm just talking about it right now, where I'm going, you're right. It's true. Today's the only thing that hanging out with you and you right now are the only things that I have control over right now. That's it. Mm-hmm. If my wife goes into labor. I shoot. I fly home. I don't know. I don't know. I thought about that on the way over here. <laughs> but right now, I'm here with you, and I'm here with you. You know. Mm-hmm. Maybe tomorrow when we start talking about buying a house, <sighs> then I'll then I'll. Whoa! Excuse me, Mom. That scared you. Me. Good dog. <laughs> allergies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, allergies. Oh, okay. <laughs> um. But yeah, so I just think it is very practical. Mm-hmm. That's what were you gonna say? Seriously though? Seriously scared me. <laughs> No, I would just saying that it's it's nice, but it's just it is difficult. It's hard just to focus on today because yeah. tomorrow does have its worries. That's why I said it. Because tomorrow ha- does have enough worries. It does. And there's always going to be enough worries. Unless you're like a baby. Then you're like, I'm not worried about nothing. I'm chilling. Maybe I'm just like in an excited mood. So I feel all hopeful and great. But there's, there's going to be a time where I'm like, hey, Jared, I remember what you're talking about. I can't worry about today. I'm worried about everything And I'm else. not worried about anything specifically right now. Like. I had to talk about my with my girl about a lot of stuff because I was just like, I was so focused on buying a house that that's the only thing I could think about. So finances stress me out. Not that you know I'm poor because I'm not. God's very you know He's blessed me in that manner. But that's all I could think about. And I was always like, you know, I'm just never having enough. And then I can afford a payment, and then it's gonna be so expensive. And California's just so expensive, and oh, I can't stand it. And it like that, or even. I would say just like how we talked about the political climate, just politics. Like it's sometimes I find myself getting so caught up in that. That's the only thing I'm thinking and talking about. Like we talked about this at pod episodes and episodes ago, but sometimes I'll be worried about that. I'm like, you know, just California's going downhill and all sorts of things. And <laughs> I even was having to talk to, with, uh, with Pastor Jim, with PJ about this. And I just told him like, I'm so sick of California. I'm, I'm leaving. He's just like, yeah, I thought about that too. But then I realized there's so many people here that need to be saved. So why am I going to run away? I was like, oh, wow, you're holy. Good for you. <laughs> but yeah, I can get... Good I can, for you. Yeah, but I can get real caught up in that kind of stuff. So some, it is, it's hard for me. It's real hard for me. And there are times where I'm a little bit more lax about it, but there, it's some, there's so much information we have available to us. Sometimes it's really hard for me to not be like down that, you know, that YouTube rabbit hole where I'm just, all I'm listening to is political stuff and financial stuff. And yeah. But I think the... The idea of like worrying about your tomorrow. Because Jesus isn't somebody who's like unplanned, like, oh, just go with the wind. You know what I mean? He's not that person either. But I think what we're talking about and who, what Jesus was talking about was like, what can you do today that will ultimately affect your tomorrow? You know, like, but don't worry about how far you need to be, or it needs to be like this, this, and this in two weeks. It's like, well, what can you do to achieve that goal today? 
you know, and even with the, like Jared said, buying a home, it's like, what can you do today to impact that in the future? You know, because you don't start just like by being in a home one day and you're like, Oh, I'm here. It's, it takes todays. It Mm -hmm. takes many todays to get there, you know? And I think that's what Jesus is talking about more. So he's like somewhere in the middle. He's not saying to be unplanned. Don't think about anything that way. But he's also not saying like, don't live in the past and don't, um, plan your day out three months in advance you know well it's yeah i mean he's you have to remember that god has a a plan for your life that there is a plan to how things are god's telling your story the way it's meant to be told and how it's supposed to be told and i think when we take all control of that where it's like no i gotta put a, I gotta get a house tonight and i gotta do this and i, I can't do this until this god's like what are you talking about? He's like, your plans look a lot different than mine. And which one do you want to go with? You know what I mean? Dude, I'm struggling with that one right now. Oh my gosh. It's like you, and the thing is, is you could go with yours. Like God will let you go with your plans and you'll eventually end up being like, okay, I want the rest of this to be your plans, you know? But, um, and I think that's just where worrying, not worrying about tomorrow comes from. It comes from understanding that God's worrying about tomorrow. He's 10 steps ahead of you. In fact, yeah, God's, God has your next, 10 years ready to go if you just relax a little bit and you know focus on today and love people around you today and put a smile on someone's face today you know yeah it's like i don't know i guess you're right it's a lot easier said than done but it's possible Mm -hmm. otherwise it wouldn't be in the bible it is it is possible yeah and so ultimately i think just in we'll talk about anxiety because it's it's a thing that's doesn't just end, you know. Oh yeah, it's uh, it could be a never-ending thing. Just like 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 how you talked about, it. Jesus isn't saying that life should be butterflies and walking on clouds all the time. It's it comes and goes in seasons, right? Uh, anxieties do, and we'll talk about it more. But ultimately, I think what we're trying to get to say is like, hey, focus and worry about today, for one. Worry about what God's doing today, but then also talk about those things with people. I know that I've felt even just an uh, an immense amount of like relief in these this conversation right now, you know, because I I have all that going on in my head right now. It's just it's just weird. But even just talking about these these things right now feels great, and talking to people about it, and I hope it encourages other people to like seek somebody out and talk about it. You know. Yeah, I kind of just want to. Are we wrapping up right now? No, we could do whatever. Continue. No, I was just going to say, if we're wrapping up, I was just going to say, like, I want to make sure people walk away with something practical that they can do, like, tonight. And that's when you find yourself in a place of worry to replace it. You ask what it's like, well, how do you give God something? Well, you replace what is uh, not meant for you, and you replace that with God, you know? Mm -hmm. Those places where you want to worry, pray instead. Mm -hmm. Uh, The places where you want to check your bank 95 times, Pray 94 of those times, you know? Yeah. Um, those are like, I don't know, practical ways. And yeah. I, and I think one thing too is just, um, it's a common misconception. And I know we've talked about it just in what Av has been a lot, but just to reiterate, um, God doesn't need you to come like, Father God, <laughs> let me talk to you this way. I am doing just fine. But Lord, please, if you could. You know, he's... he's yeah. God wants you to, like says, cast all your cares on him. Your cares, I don't know about you guys, but the things that I stress about and have an anxiety about and care about a lot, like when they're going on in my head, they don't sound like that. You know, they sound more like, oh my gosh, what the frick am I going to do? Or how am I going to get through this? I need so much help. God, what are you doing? What's going on? I like give that to him that way. Cast all of it onto him because he cares about you, you know? And that's how God wants us to meet him. Just like how we are, how those things are impacting you. He doesn't need you to sugarcoat it because he already knows. You know, he, he already knows how it's going on in your head and how it's impacting your life. And so when we come to God in this ungenuine way, you're really putting a wall up against what God wants to do in your life, you know? Yeah. No, I've had, I think most of us can say that we have, but I know personally I've had many a conversations where I've kept it very, very, very real with, with God. I didn't sugarcoat it and I didn't, uh, 
you know, turn that to make this big old fluffy prayer and use these nice fancy words. I probably said, gave him some choice words that probably shouldn't say to God, but I was keeping it real with him. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm a bad person. I kept it real. True. But it was just funny. Like the word made me think of is, um, you know, people who are our age and who have watched it back in the day, um, the old Dave Chappelle, when keeping it real goes wrong, it's not going to turn out like that. You're not going to keep it real with God. And he's like, Dylan said he's pissed off at me. It looks like he's going to get in a car crash. Like something that's not yeah. going to happen. <laughs> you can keep it real with God and he's not going to get upset. He's not, he's not soft. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. But it's, it's good to keep it real with God. And yeah, don't come with this flowery sort of language. Just be like, Hey God, my life sucks right now. I need some help. And just, just talk to him. Just talk. Like, I, I think we've stressed this so much in this podcast, but it's like, there's some, nothing is more undervalued than the power of prayer. Like Jake said, it's like, oh, no big deal. Just going to talk to the creator of the universe. It's like, <laughs> wow. Yeah, we have that beautiful, amazing privilege. We don't got to go to a priest or a rabbi to intercede for us. We could go straight connection one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Get FaceTime Jesus. Be like, what's cracking? Uh-huh. I think like you think about when you go to church, how like you have a car ride of like absolute hell, but you walk into church and you're like, okay. Paint that smile on, boy. Yeah, you better smile when you walk in. Like that is like such a misrepresentation of God. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the family portrait version of yes, God. Yes, <laughs> exactly. It's like as long as you smile for this 0.5 seconds of a shutter, you'll be good. But that's just not how God actually is. God is because He does. He knows what you're thinking already. It's, mm-hmm. You're not hiding anything. You can't run from Him. He sees the moments leading up. Yeah, He sees the moment and He sees after. You know exactly. And so to think you have to be all polished, it's like. Even on a, to going to church on a Sunday, stop. Stop trying to be all polished and have all your whole life together. You don't. <laughs> like, you don't. Mm-hmm. Preacher doesn't. Any of the pastors don't. People sitting next to you don't. Mm-hmm. No one does. And mm-hmm. that's the beauty of God is he puts all of us on that same playing field. And mm-hmm. all of us are uh, angry. All of us are thankful. All of us are in the same exact boat. And so mm-hmm. don't feel like you're the outcast because you're having a bad day or because you're having anxiety or you deal with depression you're not an outcast. Mm-hmm. Most people just don't talk about it or, you know, or recognize it, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's important to say that anxiety is a real, definitely, and I'm glad that that stigma has definitely changed um, over probably just the past five years, though, honestly, you know. It's been a big uh, thing where church leaders and stuff talk about it, and that's a good thing, you know. That's something that I don't want anybody to go through alone. And if you ever talk about it and somebody shames you for it, or especially like a church shames you for it, then get out of Dodge, like get out of there. <laughs> Run. Yeah, and and find people in your life who who care. And Because I think as Christians, a lot of times, sorry, this is probably just a random tangent, but I think a lot of Christians think like, well, I need to tell you what's real and I need to correct you and I need to do this immediately in your pain you know what i mean here's why what you're thinking is wrong yeah (laughs) it's the same thing as like hey say you have a a child like jake when your child hits three or four and he falls scrapes his knees bleeding everywhere are you gonna sit there and be like well this happened because you ran right here and you should have actually done this instead of running right here because you tripped on this crack so you need to remember Mm -hmm. or are you gonna just come to him with a band-aid and like Hold them and be like, hey, I love you. I got you. Yeah. And then it's like, here's what you could do different. <laughs> later. Yeah. Like later. Yeah. Let's let's heal the wounds. Let's kind of get situated, get comfortable. And then we could talk about how that to not let that happen again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then <laughs> even just coming to somebody with love when they bring up like anxiety or depression or anything, like it allows them to feel accepted, cared about. And then it also gives them room in their life to evaluate themselves as well. Like Oh, okay. Hold on. Here's here's what I can change. Here's what I can do, rather than somebody just telling you, "Here's what you need to do." Here's the A, B, and C to getting rid of depression and anxiety. When it's like it's a daily process, and it's a daily yeah. process, just like we talked about of putting uh, Christ first, seeking first. Uh, who God is. I was gonna say as we do wrap up that all of these things that we're talking about are just practical things that could be helpful, but again, recognizing that there are like times where you might need to go see a doctor you might need like Mm -hmm. like professional professional help Mm -hmm. and that might include medication everybody's all over the table on that um i don't know where you stand on it but well i don't the thing that i don't 
that is funny to me is like, dude, if I'm having abdominal abdominal pain, abominable snowman, <laughs> abominable pain. <laughs> if I'm having pain. stomach issues, bro, yeah. what do you want me to say? Okay, That's go better. ahead. Abdominal Good. tummy pain. <laughs> abdominal okay pain and it persists (laughs) and um, i it's great to pray that's amazing yes but if somebody has something that it's like some tums yeah like hey take some essential oils you'll feel better just rub some chamomile on your belly (laughs) (laughs) um anyway no you get what i'm saying so why is talking to a counselor therapist or medication like the worst like you'll thing take to some people. ibuprofen for this you'll take this yeah. for this i'm not again i'm not saying cuz i know that they can become abusive like habitual and yeah. you don't want that to be a thing right but i'm also saying that you know do do what you need to do and let god lead you into those areas uh-huh you know yeah and i think cuz that's something that i think you should um not take lightly you know what i mean like really take oh, yeah. everything into consideration and Really seek first, like you said. Because I was uh, just going to say, I know people that have taken like antidepressants and whatnot and only took them for a month, maybe a month and a half, and then didn't need them anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, there's some people that are like, don't you dare take a thing. It's like, no, you got to know what you, you got to be responsible with yourself. You got to know yourself and you got to know God and know your spirit. But you also, these people are professionals, you know. I think when it becomes your first option and like, tunnel vision towards that then yeah. it could be like oh uh, let's hold on here a second you know but somebody like you said knowing who you are and seeking christ and seeking his wisdom and even just seeking a uh, biblical and um godly leadership within your own life you know if you're married like i'm you would talk to reina you talk to people whom you respect and who care about you and stuff like that you know so all that to say we love you guys. <laughs> um, anxiety is a real thing. If you're dealing with any of this stuff, don't hesitate to reach out at all. Find people in your life who you respect, who you care about, and talk mm-hmm. about these things. And seek first uh, who God is. Find the routine with God at this, with God at number one. Um, all these things that we talked about are practical, like Jake said. Um, and we believe that God does want to bring you out of your anxieties and out of your um, fears and out of your worries and um, he cares about all those things and he wants to bring you out of there. But, uh, there's a 50, 50 to it all. I don't know. Cause life, is. cause life isn't going to be easy. It's not meant to be this yeah. rainbows, butterflies mm-hmm. all the time, but there is a peace that surpasses all understanding that Christ can give us, um, that can enables us to survive the day, you know, enables us to get through the day. And I yep. think that's beautiful. Yeah. Yep. Get help. Talk to Jesus. Talk to others. And get help. And since we're wrapping up, I'm going to leave with a heartwarming story. All right. <laughs> it's a good story. Um, and it, and it's, it is really something that's cool happened to me. I was working and I was talking. I was I had just uh, done some policing duties and was driving around an area um, for those who live in around. Maybe it was kind of like the shopping center over in Corona was like, what's it off Calco? Uh-huh. It's like the, that area. Crossing? Uh, the crossings. And you know, those, the area between stores where it's like the, the road, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it was a kid, maybe 19, 20 years old. He was walking, pretty tall, skinny kid, just in the middle of the lane, just like wandering around. And I was like, oh, geez. So I drove up next to him and without making a big deal, I just rolled on my window. I said, hey, dude, are you good? And he looked at me with these big puppy dog eyes and just said, I'm not doing well. So I said, oh, crap. So I, I, I kind of shifted modes from this one thing I was doing prior to something after. I pulled over on the side of the road and I talked to him. He kept saying over and over again, like, I'm just wasting your time, dude. I'm just wasting your time. Like, this isn't a big, shouldn't be a big deal. And I'd keep reassuring, like, it is a big deal. But it was really cool in that moment that I got to share, one, his life was important because he was feeling like he, he didn't want to live anymore because of a, a really bad mistake that he made. Um, and then, two, it was cool because while I was talking about that, one, I told him that he needs to seek out, you know, positive friendships, talk to people in his life he cares about. Um, two, I told him about Jesus. I said, I don't know where you're at with that, but the reason you need to give yourself grace is because I've given myself grace. And the reason I have grace is because God gave it to me. Talking about that. And then three, because he was feeling really, really bad. Um, not enough to the point where 
he needed to be taken. Um, but I drove behind him and I gave him directions to a facility where he can get some mental health help immediately. So it was really cool because he was going through a lot of anxiety and pain about stuff, but it was nice to be able to talk about Jesus, but then also tell him, you know, it's okay to talk to people. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of cool because God got to do that in my life. And I still talk to people. I still have a counselor that I'll call on the phone and talk to. Uh-huh. And I have my friends. Did he receive it? Did he Did He, he did. It? That's awesome. He did. He was actually really cool. and was like, thank you so much. And I was like, listen, I know it may look like it, but I'm not much older than you. And I've, I've been in like kind of like the flip-flop position where you were in. Um, so I care about you. And I, I got his name and I said, I was like, I don't know you that well, but you know, I love you, bro. I hope everything turns out. And if you're ever in the city, uh, the city that I work in again, and you know, you're, you're seeing at Starbucks, let's, let's have a chat. Mm-hmm. That's cool. It was, it, it, it's ma- real cool. It made me feel real happy. And I was like, God's good boy. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's a good closing story. I appreciate it. it. Is. You're welcome. But, uh, that's been still loading for you guys. Thanks, Jake. Yeah. Thanks, Jared. I love you guys. Uh, we'll see you on the next one. Peace.